to always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game Tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game t podcast my name is jp this is zach and i'm czar yeah we got czar back he decided to stop being a lazy sack of shit and actually join us on the podcast for once czar how you doing hey i was back last time too all right wait you were you guys can't forget about me i don't know it's pretty easy oh jp's feeling mean today I yeah. just, I just missed him. Okay, it I just feels missed so him. So attacked, and I was hurt, and I was scared. You didn't write. <laughs> I need my safe space. Yeah, that's understandable because this is not a safe space. <laughs> no, it's not. It is a safe space for our viewers, but we are ruthless to each other. Shut up, Zach. Hey, I just want our viewers to feel loved. Okay, <laughs> feel the love. <laughs> Except you, JP. Go fuck yourself, man. Yeah. What did I do? Okay, okay, okay. Everybody, everybody, just relax. Everybody just relax. All right. We have a very interesting show today, don't we, boys? Sure do. So we've got this itinerary in front of us to talk a little bit about what we're doing in the show today. Uh, Czar, why don't you tell us what we're doing today? All right, all right, all right. So first off, we are talking about some delays. Seems like we start every show off, every article show, with some delay. Yeah, that's what happens when you start a podcast in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we're being honest with each other. Unprecedented sad times. Woo! Unprecedented. There we go. <laughs> it's to the point where I don't even notice, like, the coronavirus anymore. It's just, like, masks and stuff has just become the norm. Yeah, well, that's the scary thing about it is all of this day-to-day life has become normal. <laughs> and so when when we're finally out of the pandemic, it's it's hard to believe that someday we will be, but it's going to be weird seeing people without masks or hand sanitizer clipped to their belts. But in the meantime, all we can really do as gamers is just complain about the delays. <laughs> bitch, bitch, bitch. That's what we're best at. I want to play Paper Mario. <laughs> That's too damn bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are we doing after delays? Next, we'll be hitting some articles about Persona 3 and Persona 4 Golden. Ooh, I'm excited about that. We will be talking about The Last of Us Part 2 once again, and we will be talking about the UK could class loot boxes as gambling and make them illegal. And it's all to protect the kids. What's really funny about that is a couple weeks ago on Answering Gaming's Biggest Questions, that segment, we talked about that. And that was a big thing going around a few years ago. And now it's resurfaced for some reason. So I'm really excited to take a look into that. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff, guys. You guys are going to find out, you guys being our viewers, are going to find out just how much we play video games. And we kind of know what we're talking about here, guys. <laughs> we're kind of... We're kind of professionals. Only kind of. We're professional nerds. You know, we know what to do. <laughs> Ish. 
Uh, I'm not a professional anything. <laughs> anyway, finally, after all of those articles, we will be going over some game releases coming out, and that'll wrap up the show. So what do you boys think? Shall we get started? Yeah, let's jump right into this. Yeah, I mean, sip on some game tea, boys. Man, <laughs> your enthusiasm is terrifying. All right. Who wants to take the cyberpunk? Me. Zach, uh, cyberpunk is all yours. Our first article is called Delays, because guess what, boys? There's been delays. No. You don't say. What? Again? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, this is a really great week in gaming, usually. Usually we have a beautiful press conference for Microsoft that's already happened. PlayStation will be going on today, and then Xbox, or not Xbox, Nintendo would be on tomorrow. Yeah, but what did we get instead? We got more delays. So um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of sad. So this is a tweet um, from Cyberpunk, their official Twitter, and it just says that they moved their showcase to June 25th, and they basically echo the sentiments that PlayStation, Nintendo, and Microsoft all said earlier in their tweets from last episode that. There's more important things going on right now that everyone should be focused on. Yeah. Gaming, while a great distraction, we don't really want that distraction right now because we got to focus on some pretty bad things going on. Seems to be the common theme lately. You know, the COVID-19 virus was one thing, but with essentially what's been going on in the streets with the rioting and the looting as well, the COVID-19 was actually somewhat good for gaming because, you know, It's like, hey, you guys are stuck inside and you got nothing to do. Well, here's some video game systems. That's why we've been seeing a shortage of consoles and controllers and games and everything since COVID hit. But then now the problem is the the pandemic has extended so long in time frame that it's delaying everything else now. So they were prepared a little bit to supply people with games during this time of crisis, but now they're kind of out of supply and they're not able to make new. PlayStation, I think, really hit the nail on the head when they kind of uh, postponed their event, just saying, look, there's more important shit going on right now that we don't want to take the spotlight away from. Let's get everything figured out. And then we'll enjoy our video game conferences and the news and all the good stuff coming out. Right. So if you're protesting, protest safely. And yeah. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wear a damn mask. COVID is still here. Cyberpunk doing this, you know that this has got to be big because cyberpunk has been getting hyped up literally since Keanu Reeves took the fucking stage at the gaming awards last year. Cyberpunk has been so hyped up to this incredible amount. It's honestly sort of an enigma to me seeing Cyberpunk get all this attention. I've never seen a video game get this hyped up before we really know a ton of details about it. Well, CD Projekt Red kind of uh, won uh, Game of the Year with a small little game. I'm sure you've heard of JP, uh, The Witcher 3. Oh, yeah, pretty small title. Pretty small title, pretty small title. So um, I think anything that they're going to do to follow that up and the fact they're completely switching genres basically they're going to a totally new like world new new aesthetics i think there's just people are so excited to see how they can turn this steampunk place into uh a witcher repeat i don't know if that's you know just like not a repeat of the game but a repeat of the success and the yeah the great atmosphere they created no 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 that has absolutely zero percent to do with it what has a hundred percent to do with it is the fact that it's all about Keanu Reeves. 
Yep, yep, Zara's right. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves for life. <laughs> All the attention is caused by his Keanu Reeves, not the company's past success. Let's let's not even get on the greatest that is Keanu Reeves. Can we just talk about that man like on like on a segment one day? Cause this guy came out of nowhere, did the Matrix, did Bill and Ted's, disappeared for like God, a decade. And he is just resurged with John Wick, man. This guy is. He's an enigma, JP. He, The man is an enigma. You're right. He deserves his own episode, despite the fact that it has <laughs> nothing to do with gaming. Expect a Keanu Reeves episode <laughs> soon, everybody. Definitely. Sure, we could tie in a Matrix game or two. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely make a bonus episode for all those patrons out there where we just go on a rant about all, how much we all love Keanu Reeves. That's a great idea. <laughs> let, us, let us know if that's something you guys would be interested in, or if you guys are all Keanu Reeved out. Are you guys, what's, what do you call it? Like, you call like the Biebers? What do you call the Keanu Reevesers? What are they called? Uh, They're Reavers. Reaver. <laughs> Reavers. Hey, you know what? I like it. You Are you guys Reavers? I'm a Reaver. I guess I'm a Reaver. All right. So let's get out of delays. I'm sick of talking delays. You guys are sick of hearing about delays. Delays suck. Next week on the Game Tea Podcast, more delays. <laughs> oh my God. Sir, I don't want to do 2020 anymore. I'm done. Bye. All right. Well, that's all perfectly well and good. May I please have the next article? It is yours. All right. So, what we have here as part of the next article Persona 3 and Persona 4 are coming to PC. Leak, but confirmed. So you have probably heard me talk about Persona 5 before on this podcast. Now, Persona 5, I would argue, is really the Persona game that jumped Persona into the mainstream of gaming. Persona 5 really hit the mark with most gamers, but not a lot of people really know too much about the older Persona game. And part of that reason was because they were not terribly excessive up until now. I believe Persona 4 Golden was stuck on the PlayStation Vita for years and years and years. Woof, that's unfortunate. Did either of you own a PlayStation Vita? I've never owned anything PlayStation Portable. I wanted the PSP really, really badly, but never got one. Zach and I had the PSP. PSP was dope. I played Untold Legends all the time. I wanted it for Medieval and Jack and Daxter, or I guess oh, it did Daxter. have Medieval, didn't it? That was a cool game too. Yeah. That was a cool game. But anyway, that's kind of what's happening here is finally for anybody who's had like this little spark of interest for the Persona games now has an opportunity to play the last two games as they are coming to PC. So both of these games were originally released for the PlayStation 2. And yeah, they were ported over to the PSP and the PlayStation Vita. They've been pretty much unplayable to everybody else ever since. And finally, now anybody who's been interested in trying out the games can get them on the PC. Now. Here's my disclaimer for anybody who doesn't know a lot about the Persona series. It's a JRPG, and it being a JRPG means you're going to invest a good amount of time into this game. Zach, what do you think? <laughs> I've got 50 hours in Xenoblade, so yeah, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've put 80 
to 90 hours into Persona 5 and I haven't beaten the game yet. That is 100% a fact. So that's the disclaimer is despite them being very good games, they take quite a bit of time to complete. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. When you buy a JRPG, you are getting your money's worth, man. There is so much content in those games. It's unreal. There really is. Um, And also, I would recommend playing Persona 5 first and seeing if you like it before jumping into Persona 3 and Persona 4. Just because, like I said earlier, Persona 5 was the version of Persona that was the most mainstream. And therefore, I think for a person who's trying to jump into the series, it's going to be the most friendly towards the fans. Um, Persona, it's one of those games where they don't really connect to one another story-wise. So you can play Persona 5 and it doesn't matter that you've never played another Persona game because they hardly ever talk about any of the previous Persona games, if at all, to be honest with you. So, And I think all the Persona games are like that. So by all means, you can jump into the Persona series with 5, but you could go with 3 or 4 if you really wanted to. Persona 4 is a lot of people's favorite Persona game. And that's really nice, especially when you make that many games in a franchise that you can make them jump in and out for anybody who wants to play them. It really eliminates this exclusivity, I think. It's more about being inclusive, where it's just like trying to get as many people on the boat as it can, and I respect that. There's a lot of people who are like oh no you know i want all my games to be connected so only i know the story because nobody loves me (laughs) (laughs) or something like that (laughs) jp you're being very exclusive right now dude come on be inclusive brother you're right i'm sorry yeah your vibe is real hostile today (laughs) what happened man tell us dude (laughs) who hurt you was it me who hasn't hurt me i'm sorry I'm coming over. (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay? I'm coming over. (laughs) JP needs a hug. I do. And an apple pie. Will you bring some apple pie? What about social distancing? I'll wear a mask. We need to invest in mass-produced bubble boy suits for everyone (laughs) in the country so that we can... Do you know how funny that would be? Just giant hamster balls for everyone. Oh my God. Could you imagine New York? Just everyone rolling down the street. (laughs) Help. Or like you go down a hill and you can't stop. Just help. (laughs) It needs to be a thing. And yeah, that's kind of it. If you've been interested in the Persona game, this is the golden opportunity. Get it? Ah. Ah. All right. I got Persona 3 and I got Persona 4 because you you guys know I love the Persona series. Of us too. Did either one of you guys want to take this one? What part of my face says PlayStation? So, um, are we (laughs) okay? (laughs) All right. So, what we have is we have been given an official launch trailer for The Last of Us Part Two. That just came out today. Um, with the game being released at about nine days from now as we record this. The trailer itself looked really good. Again, we're going to link this later on um, in the Game Tea Podcast X at Twitter if you wanted to go take a look at it. So the trailer isn't really giving us a whole lot of anything that we don't really know already. It's just some really gorgeous gameplay. But what's really interesting about this in particular is a little bit of controversy that this trailer has gone over. There has been so much baggage and such a story leading up to this game that has been hyped up since the conception of the original. And here we are at the peak of the staircase 
And what do we have behind us? All right, so obviously we have the controversy that surrounded The Last of Us Part Two, mainly around what happened about a month ago when some parts of the gameplay got leaked and people were getting sued. And obviously the amount of divisiveness, I think is what we're looking for with the, with the plot, right? Well, that's part of it, but I wanted to also touch on the treatment of the employees who were working on the game. Cause that was right. a bit of the controversy that we touched on within right. the last month as well. Yeah. As much as, as for content that went back three years ago with trailers, but right. uh, like JP saying with the treatment, of employees that's the more uh, pertinent one i say that that's the biggest piece of controversy regarding the game so far i mean we've had people complaining about the stupid shit already right we've got the pissed off parents who have talked about how violent the game is and how they feel about the lgbt representation in the game do your homework that's the bottom of the barrel to me because I don't think most people give a shit about those things. And when it's brought up, we're kind of like, hey, shut the hell up. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, video gamers are very like open-minded and like pretty relaxed. I mean, you play a game like Call of Duty, you might not think that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like most people are pretty open-minded. We said it in a few episodes ago, the people who are complaining about the content are not the ones playing the game. And so JP is absolutely right. When it comes down to the treatment, of actual living human beings that takes full concern in my mind no absolutely so that's why i'm saying that like for the gaming community those two controversies are the bottom of the barrel and in between we've had a couple other things all the way up to the treatment of the employees who have been working for naughty dog and trying to get through this game I mean, that's just it. We're coming up on a game that I'm already calling for game of the year that's been so highly anticipated and hyped for years now that kind of being at the top of the staircase and looking back at how we got to this point, it's been interesting. It's really been interesting. So the next question about The Last of Us Part Two is how do we think the sales are going to be from the game? Um, after seeing the controversy, after talking about the hype, after talking about what gaming has been like in the middle of a pandemic, how is this game going to sell? Do either of you have opinions on that? Well, I, I have kind of an opinion on that. Okay, so cut to three years ago or so, whenever the first controversy came out for that trailer. Mm -hmm. Imagine nobody gave a shit. Everybody thought the trailer was cool and saw the trailers for what they were worth then come back to today and the company gives all of their employees muffin baskets their ac could chill a penguin and everyone gets like a foot massager under their desk the public had no idea how well they were treating their employees take all that controversy away i think that this controversy will triple their sales they will sell three times as more copies of this game and possibly even PlayStation systems for Sony because of this controversy. Huh. So you're kind of going along the lines of there's no such thing as bad publicity. Exactly. Look at that um, Seth Rogen film, the interview about North Korea all those those years ago. Yeah. That movie. OK, in my full disclosure, honest opinion, I didn't like the movie that much. I didn't think it was good, didn't think it was funny, but the controversy that surrounded that, everybody had to watch it. Everybody had to own it. 
And it's it's kind of the same thing here. I mean, obviously different shades of, of the same color, one much darker than the other. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, Zach, what about you? What do you think? You know, I'm going to kind of go in that similar direction, guys. We're at the end of the PlayStation 4 life cycle. There are currently 100 million PlayStation 4s out in the wild right now. Now, I think that means mostly anyone who's wanted a PS4 has gotten a PS4. I mean, I'm sure there's still like a few stragglers. That number will go up for the rest of the year. Yeah. But I just think that this isn't necessarily going to be a system seller. But this is going to be a 10 million plus sold game. And I think it could even go close to 20 million, just depending on how it all ends up going. Like you said, JP, you're totally right. This is game of the year kind of a game. So many people have put their time and money into it. Sony's marketed the crap out of it. But I'm going to put a big asterisk right there. I think if the reviews come back and this thing gets any, like it gets around an eight to like 8.5, and they talk about like the story just being too in your facey. I could see this maybe maxing out at 10 million just because I think that that is gonna end up being that negative publicity that finally stops it. I'm also just, I don't even think Sony's gonna let people give out reviews until the game's basically out. Like there's certain review code or review things that um, first party publishers can do that you can wait until like, I think it's 11.59 till you can post it on the previous day. So you have a day to get informed if it's a good game or not. So I'm curious to how Sony, if if they'll play that card or not. Well, considering after two hours of alpha footage got leaked, I think they're going to play their cards pretty close to their chest. And we've already seen that too, because that's part of the controversy where the people that had lawsuits filed against them from Sony because of the leaks. I mean, that doesn't happen. Leaks happen all the time in the gaming industry. And most of the time, there's not a lot of substance to go with those leaks because they're leaks and you don't always know who's reliable or what's reliable. But I mean, like it was basically a confirmation from Sony that the leaks were true if they're willing to file a lawsuit. Especially against fans, not against people who had anything to do with the incident, but they're just slapping lawsuits and anybody who's talking about it. Exactly. So Zach, I think that's an excellent point. I think those are all excellent excellent points and i think that your predictions will probably ring true what, what did you think jp or were you kind of you're saying it's gonna sell like hotcakes oh yeah i mean here's the thing there's three levels i consider of like gamers if you will there's the very casual crowd who like they'll get things that are super hot but i mean that's basically it you know they don't play video games as avidly as a lot of people they'll pick up something that looks interesting to them from time to time but that's about it after that there's kind of at the middle There's like your average gamer where they play a lot of games, but they're not super interested in the news or like the things that surround the industry necessarily. Maybe they don't watch esports or maybe they're not up to date with the news of every game, but they play a lot of games and that's what they're in it for. They're in it for the games. And then there's us. I would consider us pretty big nerds in the gaming industry because we like not only playing the games, but we like the conversations around games, you know? Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> we like actually diving into the news and going into the why and the how of the gaming industry. But both sides of the spectrums there are the extremes. I think that most people know that The Last of Us Part 2 is coming out and they're very, very hyped about it. But I don't think those most of those people who are going to buy the game know about the controversies or, you know, care about analyzing the sales. They just want to play a great game. 
And because of that, I really do think that the sales for this game are going to be astronomical. And the sad truth is it's because I know that mistreatment of employees in the industry isn't anything new by any means, but just seeing a game that you're really excited for and hearing the stories, it really puts things into more perspective. And when I heard about the controversy, when we were talking about it, I was sad because I didn't know if by supporting the game, I was supporting the treatment of their employees in return. You know, do the means justify the ends was kind of the way I'm feeling. I'd never actually uh, thought of it that way. And it, it's it's really like being stuck between a rock and a hard place because, you know, the game is going to be phenomenal. And you've been waiting years to experience the wonder that is this this game. But you also don't want to support a company that is just abusive. I don't even know if they're abusive, but just doesn't treat their employees right. It's 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 a hard say and it's a hard sell. Well, like I said, it's an it's a problem all over the industry. It's like overworking the you know game devs and putting their mental health in jeopardy, but it becomes a lot more perspective driven when it's a game that you're super excited for that becomes the center of the spotlight for all of that so and yeah we all know it happens we all know that mistreatment happens but when it actually comes to light is when you know the public focus comes to that company and is when changes really need to happen so they can stand as an example to all the other companies to treat their damn employees right and yeah that's kind of, i mean in conclusion to my drawn out soapbox podium driven speech just now i think the game's gonna sell well i think the game's gonna sell extremely well and that's pretty much the story of the last of us part two honest to god i'm really excited to see what the product looks like and i'm really hoping that i didn't hype it up so much that even if the game was amazing it's gonna let me down well there's definitely light at the end of this clicker filled tunnel <laughs> that's a good one I hate those stupid clickers. <laughs> Zach, you're going to play the game on your Nintendo Switch, right? Hey, so Zara, do you want to do this next one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait, I sure do. Listen to me. No. <laughs> Pay attention to me. <laughs> All right, Zara, you can have this next article. Let's talk about it. The UK is making up big stance against uh, the world of video games. So apparently the UK could class loot boxes that you can purchase in game as gambling. And it's all to protect the kids, like I said at the beginning of the show. So this article comes to us from theguardian.com and was written by Rob Davis. And the caption is, ministers call for evidence on video games such as FIFA that charge money for rewards. Loot boxes, a controversial element in video games, could be reclassified as gambling products over a concern that they are training children to gamble. Well, boys. Okay. That's a bit of a statement. And this is really funny that this article surfaces because a couple episodes ago we had that segment and this was one of the biggest controversial questions that plagued the gaming industry. Yeah, it was, uh, we talked about it in uh, Answering Gaming's Biggest Questions, that episode from like a few weeks ago. Yeah, this is exactly what they were talking about. Okay, so here's my, here's the first thing that I think we need to uh, address with this article. 
What's the difference between a microtransaction and a loot box? Well, a loot box is a designated portal that for a set amount of currency, you get a random gamble of a handful of prizes. Rather than knowing exactly what you're paying for, essentially. Yes, a microtransaction would be so... um, I'm going to use the example of Clash of Clans because I think this is what you do in that. But if, if you run out of food to feed your kingdom, you can go into the shop function of the game and spend X amount of real world dollars to like fill your food gauge so you can do whatever you do with the food in that game. That's the difference between a loot box and a micro. You pay for something, you know exactly what you're gonna get. So they're not far off calling this gambling. Right. And so when you get a loot box, like in Overwatch, you get a loot box, you get a random chance at getting a beautiful skin that you really want. Or most likely you're gonna get a crappy spray that you've already had for the 15th time. What the hell, Blizzard? However, I think there is a a defining legal distinction between gambling and loot boxes. And that's the fact that with gambling, there is a chance to lose whatever you put in. With loot boxes, no matter what, you are guaranteed a prize. That's not a bad point, to be honest. That's something I hadn't considered. Like, you're guaranteed something. It's just usually trash. So, yeah, and and that's the thing. It is going to usually be trash, but it is something that you are offered as compensation for spending money on a certain product. Okay, so those are really the difference between loot boxes and just normal microtransactions and games. The next question is the ethical dilemma of whether or not we think it's right what the UK is doing. We talked a lot about this in answering gaming's biggest questions because this was one of the questions, but if we could just summarize our points real quick, I think that ultimately what Zach and I kind of came to was that, well, for one, it's a parenting thing where like, you know, parents should be paying attention to what their kids are buying on these video games. Cause usually the kids have to go through the parents for the money anyway. Absolutely. Like my, I don't know. I'm just used to my mom. Like literally anytime I'd ask to pay for something, she'd be like, what is it? And my mom knows zero about video games. Like absolutely zero. Like I would have to beg and plead and like give her a PowerPoint presentation on why <laughs> this $15 RuneScape membership or World of Warcraft membership is totally worth it. And she'd be like, but it's free to play. And I'd be like, but mom. Didn't you see the PowerPoint presentation? I put animations in there and everything. And so I know there's different <laughs> points of view for everything there, but I just don't see why any child should ever have access to a credit card to where they can just go free willy nilly on the PlayStation store, the Epic store, the Steam store, whatever store they're on. Because I don't know, back in my day, you had to beg and plead for, to even like use a credit card. Back in my day. You should make sure <laughs> that your child isn't saving your credit card on there so they can keep using it. Right. The reason why I think that's an important point is because like the UK could class loot boxes as gambling to protect children. And therefore they're saying the UK will basically ban loot boxes. Okay. How are you actually going to monitor and enforce that is my big question. Perfect, JP. I'm glad you asked. All right. So if the prime ministry does reclassify loot boxes, that would pretty much make every game unable to be sold to anyone under 18. That's kind of what they were thinking. Mm, Really? Can you guys imagine a world where FIFA was rated M? And on top of that, (laughs) is it going to be rated M like right now where it's like 
I don't know. I can't even think of the last time anyone would stop you from buying a game that was 18 or older. Like, I don't, did that ever happen to you guys? I feel like you could buy Halo and you'd be under the age of 18. Well, fuck. I hate I to mean, say it. It's been so long since I bought a mature game under age. <laughs> right. I don't exactly We're remember. We're old as crap now, but. Uh, and I mean, a lot of the times for me, um, I mean, my dad bought me like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas when I was like 12. Come on, Steve. And hell, I just, he played it more than me. <laughs> we, we ran over those hookers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't know. He wasn't being a bad guy by getting the M-rated games. He was just like, hey, I bet my kid would really, really like this. Anyway, uh, that's not How the point. How did we get to that? <laughs> <laughs> we got here by talking about how the UK would actually go about making sure that this whole banning thing actually happens and making it so you can't sell to anybody under 18. I just feel like there's going to be a lot of backlash to that. And maybe that's not a great idea. Well, that actually kind of brings me to a point I've been meaning to bring up is that this whole issue comes down to susceptibility of the target audience. You know, if you correlate loot boxes to gambling, well, gambling can be for some certain people in the world, a an addiction, much like tobacco and alcohol and everything else. We don't sell those substances to children, anyone under the age of 18 and older, depending on where you live. So it, it makes sense why they're trying to do that and, and age limit these games that have those quote unquote gambling transactions. Right. That nah, makes sense to me. So I, I guess kind of where I'm at is I think I think loot boxes are stupid. I think microtransactions are fine, like when you know what you're going to buy. Um, but I think loot boxes just promote a stupid amount of gambling. And um, I think it's a stupid practice. What do you guys think about that? About that? Well, fuck, if this goes through, EA is not going to be allowed in the UK at all. Yeah, that's a good point. They're, EA is just like, no. All right, so the value to the video game industry of loot boxes, and this is where I think a lot of video game people would totally disagree with me. Guys, I, I ran the numbers, 23 billion euros are for us Americans, 27 billion dollars. That's how much uh, loot boxes make. Yeah, well, you put that in a way an American will understand. How many hamburgers is that? A lot of Big Macs, bro. Oh my God. We're talking like 30 <laughs> billion Big Macs. That's even more big yeah, So um, I can see this having kind of a negative impact on the video game industry. I like what Zara pointed out, like the susceptibility, like they're definitely targeting in a predatory way, in my, in my opinion. Even though I do feel it is kind of a parenting thing, I kind of feel like it's you're still punching below the belt anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not to say that it's all like, uh, make sure your kids aren't doing this because it's like, well, also don't dangle the low-hanging fruit in front of the kids and profit off of that. I understand. I'm just saying that from my point of view, it's much easier to have your parents be a little more safe with their kids and telling them how money works than it is to try and get this multi-billion dollar gaming industry to stop allowing for microtransactions and loot boxes. One is a little bit easier than the other. I see your point. Well, I think the UK is just absolutely uh, you know, stupid if they even consider this because like what parent is going to deny their kid a game about soccer because they're too young to buy it? Oh, my kids aren't going to... I'll buy my kids Grand Theft Auto before I get them <laughs> FIFA. <laughs> Soccer. Uh, <laughs> oh, anyway. 
Yeah, that's kind of where we're at. I agree with Zach. I mean, it's harder with microtransactions because you know exactly what you're going to get. I understand how loot boxes can be considered gambling. Blah, 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 blah. All right, you guys are going to positive things, some upcoming game releases? Yeah, yeah. I'm tired of talking about stupidity. Yeah. Now that we're all done with that, let's talk about the upcoming game releases. First up, our game is Beyond Blue on June 4th. That's coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. After that, we have Ostrodots coming out on June 11th for the PC. Is that about ostriches in space? God, I hope so. <laughs> oh my God, I want that. Sorry, I was asking the hard-hitting <laughs> questions right here. Nope, it's just about random people who live in space. No ostriches yet. Damn it! Oh, Fuck that game. game. You're onto something. You're onto something, though. That's coming to PC. Indie game developers out there, take note. A game about ostriches in space, <laughs> you have my automatic purchase. I will fund your Kickstart. You heard it first. Sorry, I was going to give you all the money. Somebody make it up. Big Bird in space. <laughs> Big Bird's <on> ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. said big birds. Are you sure? They okay. are you the world's bird. largest birds. Okay, but that does raise the question, what kind of bird is Big Bird? No, it to- big Bird was totally an ostrich. <laughs> he was an ostrich. The FBI just starts banging on he my door. Too much. FBI, help. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, June 11th, I'm going to move on before I can tackle two. Uh, Prison Architect Islandbound <laughs> DLC is coming. That'll be going to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Oh boy, I've always wanted to make my own prison. And on an (laughs) island, no less. (laughs) Me too. So this next one's kind of funky and I don't understand it at all. Project Warlock is coming to the Switch on June 11th, and then it's coming to the Xbox One a day later on June 12th. Why the heck wouldn't it just come out the same day? Um, I don't know. So on June 11th is Samurai Showdown. That's coming to the PC. June 12th is Warborn. That's coming to PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. And then on June 15th is Grifflands. It's coming to PC. Far out. And then the big game that I think Czar, JP, and I are all kind of hyping up is Project Warlock. That's coming to the Nintendo Switch on June 11th. Get train. Xbox One. Czar's happy about that one. On June 12th. <laughs> Very cool. Project Warlock. All right. So what is up with Project Warlock? Let's talk a little bit about Project Warlock. So it's been described as an unmissable treat for all fans of classic first-person shooter games. Been inspired by things like Doom. Damn. Saying, yeah, saying we got our inspiration from Doom, it's like, (laughs) we're in for a treat. That's some scary inspiration. Yeah, one man and his guns. (laughs) What more do you need, guys? What more do you need? More guns. More Put your finger on the trigger and travel through time and space to wreak havoc like the golden days of fast-paced, adrenaline-pumping, first-person shooters. Did you guys ever watch the Doom movie? Yeah. No, I refused. (laughs) It was so bad. That movie is terrible outside of The Rock. And the one segment of, like, the first-person shooter... And the guy just knocking out uh, demon after demon. Okay, yeah, that scene made the movie 100% worth it. Yeah, that that was worth the price of admission. <laughs> right? It's like, fuck the plot. Doom never had a plot. You just blow shit up. Best video game Easter egg I've ever seen in a movie based on a video game. Right. So that's kind of, that's the, the big vibes I'm getting here is it's not the crappy Doom, like the Doom plot. It's just, you got all the action of the Doom game. So I've said it time and time and time again that I think the most important aspect of a game is the story. 
that being said, the culture shock. This ain't your game, JP. I'm about to change my own mind. But all I'm saying is it's really funny how playing Doom, like the Doom that came out back in 2016, was such a nice change of pace, you know? Like just no story, no rhyme or reason. You're just messing stuff up. really liked it just like what's the objective you shoot things it was a very therapeutic game it really was yeah it's like it's pure escapism yes. it's pure escape. <laughs> you just get to go turn your brain off and just do one thing really really good that's blow the fuck out of some demons <laughs> most creative way you can <laughs> punch them when they turn red it's on it's a nice change of pace so if this uh project warlock game is taking inspiration by doom 64 and just turning into a full-on adrenaline pumping shooter i'm all for it yeah it's got a uh, 60 vast levels in five different settings Ooh. so that's pretty cool and I think that my favorite part is, because I'm a cheap ass, is it's $14.99, guys. Hell yeah. Wow. That is not a bad price for an, a right. Switch or an Xbox One game. Now, I do see that you have a con written here, Zach, just saying that the only drawback at the moment is it is completely single player. Right, which I mean, some people, that's fine. I mean, it is only $14.99, but I'm hoping later down the road they can like patch in a, a two-player mode. I just feel like that's such a fun thing with like these shooter games. Is like challenging your friends and be like, I can kill demons better than you. It's like, no, you can't. That's just the competitiveness in me. I don't know. What do you guys think? You guys aren't as uh, tryhardy as me. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. It'll only boost sales. And like I said, I appreciate that change of pace every once in a while. So you know what? I, I'm all for like playing this with people. I find it disappointing as well that right now uh, they only have uh, one player mode, single player mode. But it's like Zach said, I'm also very hopeful that if this gets the attention that it deserves, that maybe later down the line we'll get a multiplayer. Well, I mean, with that being said, with that one con being said, you're getting 60 levels of doom craziness for only $14.99. Project Warlock seems like a pretty a pretty good bet for when you are having some downtime. And now the essence of being a warlock, that probably means that not only do you get guns, but you probably get like magic to use too, right? Could you imagine like Skyrim, but you have a gun? <laughs> Sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, it really does. It really does. Oh, that's amazing. I'm really going to have to give this a go. I can't wait. Money, prepare to be spent. And yeah, we didn't even talk about the Warlock spells, JP. You're totally right. Like, you get magic shots, walls of flames. Like, what the hell, man? That's what I'm saying. Like, this sounds amazing. No, I want this game. I can't wait. I think that's it. I think that is another very successful episode of the podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Game Team Podcast. Uh, we are now on our new schedule, so you can expect to see an episode on Friday, and we cannot wait for that segment. In the meantime, thank you all so much for getting your Game Tea this week. We'll catch you next time. Bye! Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. If you liked what you heard, why not follow us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at the Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at the Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at the Game Tea Podcast.